It's time to go into business for yourself. Get ready for another episode of the Franchise Academy Podcast. Education, insight, and inspiration. Here's your host, small business and franchise expert, Tom Scarda. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Franchise Academy. My name is Tom Scarda. I am your host, and I am also the author of Franchise Savvy, um, number one bestseller on uh, everything you need to know about how to buy a franchise. And my recent release is um, an online course, 45 videos on how to buy a franchise A to Z. So check that out on the website, thefranchiseacademy.com. Today, I am really excited to have an old friend of mine, actually, who I've met years ago uh, named Danny Kenny, who's the principal of L5 Capital. And L5 Capital is, oh, I'll let Danny tell the story, but it's a company that invests in high-level franchises and, and rolls them out to the public and uh, just a really exciting opportunities that they have going on at L5. So Danny, hello, welcome to the Franchise Academy. Yeah, Tom, thanks for having me. And uh, thanks for the kind introduction. Um, yeah, I'm happy to give you a quick kind of two minute playbook on uh, level five. I'll, I'll try to keep it shorter than that. But um, we are a, a private equity firm focused on making growth uh, investments in, in emerging uh, brands with franchise potential. Um, we have a, a 80 person uh operating team fully captive to us that are uh, solely focused on helping our brand scale and grow. Um, we invest in market-leading consumer brands. Um, they, whether or not they franchise or not at the time of investment, we either help them franchise or we help them do it better. Um, and uh, the, the unique twist of what we do is we are also a franchisee. Um, and so we typically will uh, make a commitment to be the largest franchisee in the system. And um, at the same time where we're helping develop and build and sell a system, um, we're also building our own stores and building our own management team and uh, working alongside uh, other franchisees who we recruit in the system to really create a, a successful uh, nationwide program of any of the brands that we invest in. Yeah, well said. And so just for you know the laymen that are listening, what why did why is that a difference? Um, the fact that you guys are invested as franchise franchisees or franchise owners. Yeah. So typically a lot of private equity firms, um, they're making a, a purely financial investment in the firm and saying, you know, here's a pile of cash management team, you know, you go about it and make the decisions. We have a lot of expertise in franchising and both as a franchisee and a franchisor. Um, so our DNA was really built as uh, uh, the first franchisee in the core power yoga system. Um, and uh, it was organically built from zero stores to just under 40. Um, we also owned a portion of the, the brand as well, but uh, candidly back then, we didn't even know what franchising was. Uh, we learned uh, by uh, uh, knocking our knees on the table over and over and over again um, and uh, um, really built that system. We just, what we knew is that the four walls uh, was very profitable um, and we want and we enjoyed the product as users of yoga. Um, and over time, that really started in 2007. Um, and now 15 years later, we've developed a lot of expertise, both expertise, both in building stores as a franchisee, but also in helping brand scale and helping them build playbooks that other franchisees can use. 
Yeah, fantastic. And so your principal role um, is mergers and acquisitions. What, what does that involve? What does your day look like? Uh, I mean, the day changes. It depends on it depends on the day. Um, I spend a lot of time focusing on new brands uh, and and figuring out who we're going to work with, and then ultimately integrating them into our platform. Um, so I'm fortunate that we have a really uh, really strong operating bench, and that is uh, goes from everything from uh, real estate, which is finding your site, constructing your site, uh, opening your site. Um, and we also have a new store opening team. Um, we, uh, on the construction side, we recently recruited the head of construction from Inspire Brands uh, to help us manage construction across our, uh, across our brands. Um, and then uh, we also just brought in house a marketing team where we hired the head of franchise strategy from Facebook. Um, he had been there for 11 years to run all digital marketing across our brands to really help drive customer acquisition. We think that's one of the key uh, uh, value adds that a franchisor should have should bring to the table, which is how do I drive demand for my franchisees? How do I bring customers and revenue through the doors? And then ultimately, it's the franchisee to execute on the four wall experience. Amazing. So it's sort of it's such a hybrid in that you're an incubator for the franchise, but at the same time, you're taking all that knowledge and helping the franchisees. Um, you know, be successful. And, and so you, when you're buying, so that, I think that's the big difference in buying into a brand that has uh, some capital backing mm -hmm. is, is that you could bring the tools in. Yeah. Um, and, and so what are the, some of the brands that, that you guys have successfully launched in the world of franchising? Yeah. Um, so it really starts, I mean, we, we met, uh, you know, four or five years ago when we were just launching Big Blue into the franchise, Big Blue Swim School into the franchising world. Um, and Big Blue is really our, our longest tailed and our, our longest held investment. We originally invested in the beginning of 2017 and launched franchising in the back half. I, I believe it might have been in 2019 we launched franchising. It takes a while to really set up a brand to do it well. Um, and it takes a lot of capital. Um, and, um, and so big blue today, we're over 225 units sold. Um, we're going to open 15 or 20 this year. We'll open another 30 plus next year. Um, and, uh, that, that, so that big blue is really, um, the, the case point of us of taking a brand from zero to, you know, where we think it is today, where it's fully stood up and it operates largely independent of, of level five. Mm -hmm. Um, the two other brands, we, we invested in Restore Hyper Wellness and Cryotherapy, um, which has also been a, a huge home run for us. And we're now opening our own franchisee stores. We have eight open today. We had zero at the beginning of the year. We'll be close to 25 open as a franchisee at the end of this year. We'll open another 25 next year. Um, and so that, that brand is off to the races. Um, Heyday Skincare is an investment we made about a year ago, a little, year and a half ago. Um, we are just starting to hit our stride there. We're over 100 units sold. Um, this year, we'll open 12 franchise units, 10, 10 to 12 franchise units this year. And next year, the momentum will really pick up there. And then we recently made an investment in a brand called KidStrong, um, which again, we're really excited about. It's a, a child childhood milestone accelerator. So really focused on how do I pull forward the development of my kids? So at six years old, yeah, five years old, how can he be doing what a typical six-year-old is doing both physically, most emotionally, and socially? That, that's an amazing concept as well. I mean, all, all the, these four that you just mentioned are, are brilliant. Um, I know Big Blue well. 
been out to their headquarters. Um, and, and it's just a phenomenal thing. What I love about it is that everything in all these brands, but I was impressed that in Big Blue, everything is data-driven, every single decision. And when you go and look at the, like if you go to a meet the team type day, if you're looking at the franchise, they could tell you how much revenue you could produce out of a lane per hour. I mean, I have it down to a science and that's, that's the kind of stuff that you get when you have something like level five capital behind you. Um, so it's brilliant. So, so you, you're having a lot of momentum. Things are opening now. You guys are really getting a foothold in franchising. Are the outside forces at all scaring you or giving you pause, you know, meaning economy and pandemic and, you know, who knows recession Does yeah. anything come across your mind? Well, I mean, if you had asked me in April, 2020, it would have been a different story. Uh, but today, you know, when you're opening a door, when you're making investment, we're really investing on a five plus year time horizon. And so near term movements in the economy, whether they be, I mean, a pand pandemic is, is case in point. We invested in Restore in June of 2020. So uh, we, uh, despite the world completely shutting down around us, we had the conviction to say, you know, what do we think this investment is going to be in three and five years out? And does that stop us from investing in the brand? And and we actually didn't even we didn't even renegotiate our purchase price with the founders. Um, we just said we love this brand. We want to be a partner with you. Uh, and that's where we're at today. The brand is it was at 30 stores open when we invested, and they're going to open their 150th store in in July, um, in two years. Um, and so, um, listen, I, I think you know, flash forward to today. Um, we continue to invest in our brands and we, whether or not, you know, there, there's some of the best companies in the world today were created during an economic downturn. I mean, Google was founded through the middle of the NASDAQ crash, right? And today you sit there and you scratch your head. You're like, that is one of the best companies in the world today. Um, and it was founded at the worst of times. Um, and so as a franchisee during a recession, your labor costs should go down and, and you know, your construction costs should go down some. Uh, we've seen some pretty large inflation there recently, and we hope that we do see some tailing off of that. But we're continuing to invest because our doors are opening and we're investing in doors that are going to open 2023 and 2024 right now. And uh, the economy will go through cycles and hopefully we'll be on the other end of a cycle when we uh, open more of our doors. But, you know, candidly, we also haven't seen much degradation in consumer demand uh, in the past six months or even in the past month. And so we continue to invest um, and we continue to think that market leading brands should get market share during downturns. And that's what we're going to do. Yeah. And it's a great strategy. And it's the first time I ever heard it put like that. Uh, so right now I'm dealing with a mind blowing uh, a statement of, you know, you're really planning in advance. So what's happening right now, you know, it's all secular. So it's, well, if you go into a recession or you go into a pandemic, it's not going to happen. It's not going to last for 20 years. It's, it's kind of blips on the radar when you look back at it. And, and so share, share again. So if I'm a franchise owner, or I'm thinking about buying a franchise. Yeah. And I'm like, holy crap, you know, my my 401k is becoming a 201k, you know. Uh, you know, what should I do? It doesn't make sense to invest. How, how would you advise somebody to think about that at this point in time? 
Yeah. I mean, you're really investing in the future. You're investing in 2024. Um, and that's how we made that investment in Restore in June of 2020. We said, what is the business going to be worth in June 2025, right? Not what is it going to be worth six months from now, right? Um, yeah, I think Jeff Bezos, uh, it, when you listen to him, he's got some great anecdotes of, you know, they, he'd get on the earnings call and the earning and, and the, the Wall Street analysts would say to him, like, great quarter, Jeff. And you go, this quarter was built two years ago. I knew what the I knew what the earnings per share was going to be two years ago. Ask me what it's going to be three years from now because that's what I'm investing in today. And that's what you have to think through when you're signing a franchise agreement or evaluating a brand. You're saying they're saying, what do I think this brand is going to be in four and five years out? Because um, today it is what it is. But what do I think it could be? What what is it going to be worth four and five years from now? And we're going to be through the cycle at that point in time. And we're all going to be talking about who made the tough choices when uh, things looked more difficult than they were. You really make your money during times like this when there's dislocations and when there's uncertainty versus when everybody's riding high and everything is is peachy. That's you know not a lot of people make make their fortunes investing at that point in the cycle. Yeah, really well said. Um, and, and just that's like a life lesson right there in investing. So I really, really appreciate that. When it comes to partners you're looking for, you know, franchisees. So a lot of people listening to this podcast are considering buying a franchise. What are you looking for? What do you, who, in your opinion, what makes a great franchise owner? Oh, I mean, it's it's a tough question. I mean, I think um, uh, there's because there's so many that turn out to be great, right? And uh, I, I think one of the things is is humility is a big one. It's a combination of risk taking and humility, right? Of you know, I want to be a small business owner. I want to do this, but I understand that somebody's created a really good set of of playbooks to execute on. And that's really like, you know, my advice to franchisees or potential franchisees is understand and really investigate how deep the playbooks are that they're going to give you. Like, is this a brand new franchisor who just has one or two stores who, who got lucky figuring out? Or are they actually investing in the future? And are they do they know every single thing that's going to happen to me over the course of the next three years? And I can go and ask them, hey, how did you solve this problem? How did you solve that problem? Because that's what you're buying when you're buying a franchise. You're buying the expertise and knowledge that somebody has stubbed their toes and hit their knees against the table many, many times. And they've been where you're going to be. And more importantly, they know how to solve it. And they know how to get you to the other side of it. Yeah, well said again, and um, soundbite right there. That that is really phenomenal. And um, just trying to think of like more questions because <laughs> your answers are so good. The um, so when you think about um, brands and you're like even when you're looking at them, well, what's like a number that you like to see? Um, does it matter if they have two units open or do you rather see them have 50 units open? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it depends on the market, right? And it depends on, uh, is it an established market, right? So take um, uh, swim schools, right? We invested, swim schools is a pretty established market, right? There was, uh, there were four five other brands, they were all doing okay, um, but the customer experience wasn't that great, in our opinion, right? And and so um, we invested in Big Blue when they had two stores open, right? And that was because we saw that there was a demand for the product across the country, 
Um, and it just wasn't fulfilled in a way that we uh, felt should be, right? And we came from the world of fitness, which is very competitive, right? If you're not the best on the, on the corner, you're not going to win that local community around you, right? Um, and so in the case of swimming, we said Big Blue has two awesome units, and we love the customer experience. And they had invested in the technology back end. Um, and, and so we saw that. We said, holy cow, like, this is no paper clips and, and checking people in on a score on a scorecard with a pencil, right? They've built a technology background platform that's scalable that helps people manage the unit better right so that's really the distinguishing factor of big blue so two open units you know today we're at i think we're close to 15 um and i will be closer to 30 by the end of this year and then you know go on so on and so forth but there's a really strong platform that differentiated it from the other competitors in the space and allowed us to deliver allows us to deliver a much higher quality experience to the consumer that candidly they've come to expect when they go into an orange theory and their armbands their name shows up on the screen and all that type of stuff right in restore um, it's a, it was not an established market. It was IV and cryotherapy. Um, when we invested, they had 30 doors open. They had 20 when we first started talking to them. But then that, in that case, we needed to see more proof points of like, does this work in multiple markets? Is this just an Austin, Texas type of thing? Because we all know Austin, Texas is weird. They pride themselves on being weird. But <laughs> Does it translate well? And when we looked in the data, we saw, wow, this is working in Virginia Beach. This is working in Little Rock, Arkansas. This is working in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, right? We're like, holy cow. Like, if it works in all these places, it's going to work elsewhere. So in the case of Restore, we needed to see more data points there, and we did. In the case of Big Blue, we, ha we had an established market. It was a better mousetrap. And then it was figuring out how do we build an even better mousetrap there. And so that's, you pointed earlier, like the data driven. We do that across all of our brands and we do that on, on the entry into our investment. But that's kind of the distinction of how we think of when we'll invest. Is it a new market or is it an established market? If it's a new market, we need more data points. If it's an established market and a better mousetrap, then we're comfortable going in with a lot smaller proof point. Love that. So if I'm a franchise owner, um, I don't have to worry about the pro the the, um, the the concept being proved out because you would not have bought in if it wasn't proved out. Uh, yeah. Another advantage in getting involved with a franchise that has the capital backing, like like your concepts do. Mm -hmm. So, for you personally, um, what's the best piece of uh, investment advice that you've ever received? I don't know if I've ever received one. I've been on the receiving end of a lot of lessons. Listen, none of us can predict the future. And it's really about being steady and disciplined through the cycle. Um, we invest at the top of the cycle. We invest at the bottom of the cycle. And it's about consistently deploying capital because we never know in hindsight when the top is or when the bottom is. What we can do is we can invest in good brands that we know will grow for five years. And again, that's why I, I constantly, I look to where the brand can be in five years because if I pay too high a price at the top of the cycle, but the brand is going to grow 30, 40% a year for the next five years, I'm going to be okay, right? And if I you know, look and I invest in the bottom of the cycle and everybody's afraid, sure, I might make more money, but at the end of the day, the brand's going to be five years from now where it's going to be. 
And if I pick the right brands, it doesn't matter where I invest in the cycle. Hopefully I invest in the bottom, but we invest across the cycle. And our, we just really want to work with market leading brands where we really believe in the mission and that we can see where the management team is taking the business. And then the problems will take care of themselves. Um, and so for, it's really about being disciplined and investing across the cycle and making sure that you're not getting scared and not deploying capital when everybody else doesn't want to. But again, we also won't, we're not going to miss investing in a great brand because we're in a frothy market, right? Um, we want to partner with the best brands. We want to own them for a long period of time. And ultimately, the, the growth that we'll see in investing in a great band will swamp whenever we invested in it at any point in time. Absolutely. What, um, for you, what are you most excited about right now? Oh, I mean, uh, uh, Kids Drawing is our most recent investment. It's it's always fun to, um, you know, uh, really love the brand there, really love the management team. That's true across all of our concepts. We've been really, really fortunate. Um, you know, that's somewhat recency bias in in my, in my sense. And we just got we 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 just got them onboarded, and we're really just starting to launch them into the uh, the broader uh, networks. Um, and uh, so I'm really excited with Kids Strong. I think it's the right concept at the right point in time. Coming out of COVID, kids have been either not in school in much of the country, definitely not socially exposed. And so to have a concept that's really going to drive development of kids who unfortunately were you know just happened to be born at the wrong point in time. Um, I can only imagine if I had 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 a year or two of school removed from my development cycle and how that would have impacted me. Um, and so that, that one's really impactful for me right now um, in terms of where we're at. Um, but again, I think Heyday is a wonderful, uh, wonderful brand um, that is growing. It's really hitting its stride right now. Um, Restore is off to the races coming out of you know, pandemic with IV and wellness being at the top of people's minds. And then Big Blue is just, you know, a great kids concept. Um, and so we continue to think, you know, Don, we talked about this earlier of, you know, consumer experiences and services are really making a comeback coming out of the pandemic. And we think that the return of the consumer to in-person services will outweigh the near-term economic uncertainty. And so um, we, we that, again, that's also why we're really confident in investing through this current cycle that we're seeing now. There's a lot of fear in the market today. But what we don't have fear about is that consumers want to be in person, right? You know, we, we were asked a lot during 2020 and early 2021 whether people would ever go back to gyms and they'd sit on their Pelotons, right? Well, we all know where that played out. Right. Um, we all want to interact with each other. We all want to get drinks in person. You know, like all of us, Zoom is great, but we all want to be and see with each other. And that's why you're seeing people go to conferences. That's why you're seeing all this come back and people really enjoying it. And all of a sudden saying, you know, I'm not going to take that for granted anymore. Mm -hmm. Like being around other people, even though there's like somebody knocks into me and spills my drink, right? I'm like, you know, before I would have gotten mad with that. Now I'm like, God, I wish more people would knock into me and spill my drink. Not, don't do that if you see me in person. But. <laughs> yeah, funny, but I know what you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it kind of is like, it, it's an inflection point, I think, for the whole country. And um, I almost got like goosebumps thinking about what you just said. Really good stuff. So um, what's your advice to someone who's listening in right now that's thinking about buying a franchise. What what is like? What's one thing that you would say to somebody? Yeah, I mean, listen, you're getting married 
Um, and whether you like it or not, I think the average franchise relationship lasts longer than the, the, the normal marriage in the United States. And oh so God. you got to realize that it's not going to be a smooth ride. It's not going to be a smooth ride. And that what that means is you better really be in love. You re- better really be in love with the brand and you better really like the management team because that's who you're going to be sitting alongside you when things are tough. And um, I hope things go smoothly in all cases and point in time, but Tom, you know, that's not the case. Um, there's always going to be bumps, even on a fantastic outcome. Right. Um, and so you have to be really comfortable with the brand you're getting along with. And then the, te- the team that's going to be there to support you with. And those are going to be the two things that I would focus on when you're evaluating what brand you want to work with and, and who you're going to be sitting alongside with for the next five to 10 years. That's, that's brilliant. Love it. I, I really um, appreciate your time here. That this is so insightful, um, and and just takes this podcast to a whole other level. So I appreciate your insights here. Um, any parting words or anywhere, uh, any place people can get in touch with you or, or the yeah. brands? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my email address is easy. It's just Danny at l5capital.com. Um, that's l f i v e capital.com spelled out. Um, and so visit our website um, and I'm available by email um, and uh, easy, it's easy to get in touch with me. I reply. And even if you just go to our website and say, contact us, somehow I got the duties of getting all those emails. So they come to me. Okay. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for all your insight and we'll definitely see you at a franchise conference soon. Sounds good. I'll be, I'll be back in action soon. Yes. I'm excited. Yep. Super. Thanks. Thanks, Tom. Have a great one. Thank you. This has been another episode of the Franchise Academy Podcast. For more info, go to our website, thefranchiseacademypodcast.com. Remember to subscribe to Tom Scarta's YouTube channel for educational videos on franchising, education, insight, and inspiration.